All right, everybody, I'm Logan Alec. I'm a CPA. Today, I'm talking to you about the IRS Notice CP504. I have one right here on screen that I am going to go through uh, bit by bit so you understand exactly what the CP504 is, what it's saying, uh, what it means, etc., etc. Uh, the IRS typically sends this notice via certified mail because it is what is known as a statutory notice, meaning that the, the uh, CP 504 uh, fulfills a statutory, that means by law, uh, requirement of the IRS to notify a taxpayer of something. And in the case of the CP 504, that thing is the IRS's notice of intent to levy the taxpayer. Such notice uh, must be given to the taxpayer <clears throat> um, at least 30 days uh, before the IRS actually takes levy action against a taxpayer. If you don't know, uh, a levy is just a fancy word for the IRS taking your stuff. Okay, uh, it could be upon your your salary or wages or any other property that you own. Okay, so before the IRS levies you, at least thirty days before the IRS levies you, it has to give you uh, a notice that it intends to levy you. Um, right, the the secretary has notified such person in writing of his intention to make such levy, uh, so that the IRS has to give you notice of their intent to levy. Okay, and it has to be given in person, left at the dwelling or usual place of, of business of such person, or sent by certified or registered mail to such person's last known address, and uh, that's the typical option the IRS takes. Right, the, the certified mail. So. That said, something the CP 504 does not do, it does, it does not give you uh, a notice of your rights to um, request a CDP hearing. Okay, so there is one more notice after the CP 504, typically the LT 11 if you're in ACS, could be a different one like a 1058 if you have a revenue officer assigned. Um, that, that letter, that notice gives you, uh, it notifies you of your right to request a collection due process hearing uh, before the IRS starts taking your stuff. Okay, so that's so there's really another notice here that you have to get before the IRS can start levying uh, your bank account or taking um, your wages. That said, uh, there are some exceptions to that, meaning that after the IRS has sent you CP 504, it can take certain uh, levy actions, um, such as if the IRS has served a levy on a state, right, like the state you live in, let's say California. Um, through a state income tax levy program, the IRS can levy your state tax refund to be applied towards your federal tax debt after it has issued you the CP 504, uh, but not before it has issued you uh, the LT 11 or the uh, the letter 1058. Okay, but for most levies, uh, the big ones, you know, a bank levies, wage garnishments, IRS has to send you, um, has to give you your CDP rights before. Um, it takes those things. That's generally in the form of, of letter LT11 if you're an ACS, or letter 1058 um, if you have a if you're working with a uh, a revenue officer. This is all to say, if the IRS has not given you notice of their intent to levy before they start taking your stuff, that is an illegitimate, illegal levy, and you can contest it based on those grounds. All right, now let's talk about the uh, CP504 itself. Ugh, these sample notices we get from the IRS, man, why is this all jumbled? That's lame. Anyway, you'll know it's a CP504 because it says CP504. Uh, it'll tell you the tax year the CP504 relates to right there, uh, the date of the notice. <clears throat> I don't know why it's not highlighting. Uh, but then the taxpayer social would be right there. 
phone number to contact the IRS. You don't really need this caller ID. Uh, your name and address would appear right here. Okay. Um, first, you know, kind of meat of meat of the notice here is the billing summary here, right here. Uh, the IRS tells you what they believe that you owe, right? So amount you owed. This is like the, the amount of tax that the IRS believed you owed for uh, this particular tax year, in, in this case, 2018. And then it, it'll show you any penalties and interest that uh, the IRS has assessed on your account um, in addition to that, that original balance. Uh, if there's any tax payments or credits on your account for the year, there's none of these on this example, but those would be included here as well in arriving at this sum. So the CPA 504 is saying that uh, the IRS believes that for tax year 2018, this sample taxpayer owes $9,533.53, right? Same figure there. And um, here's, where, here's where it says that this is the notice of intent to, to levy uh, your property or rights to property, right? Uh, this is a notice of intent to levy your state tax refund or other property. Okay, um, so there it is. The IRS is telling you that they intend to take your stuff to satisfy that statutory requirement. All right. Uh, then the IRS tells you what uh, they want you to do. Obviously, the IRS is sending you this notice because they want you to take uh, some kind of action, right? They want you to pay them what you believe uh, or what they believe you owe them. Okay, that's what it's saying. Pay, pay this amount. Just, just pay us. Just, you got nine, you got ninety-five hundred bucks laying around. Just, just give it to us. Oh, if only it was that easy, IRS, right? Oh, and then they give you the threats, right? Or you may file notice of federal tax lien. The amount of interest will increase. Additional penalties may apply. And oh yeah, uh, we can start taking your stuff, right? <laughs> uh, if we don't receive the amount due within thirty days from the day of notice, we can levy your state tax refund. That's what I talked about earlier. And then of course, after they send you the LT eleven, they can start taking. Uh, your other stuff, right? In most other situations, before we levy on your property, rights of property, we'll send you a notice that gives you the opportunity to request a collection due process hearing, unless we've already issued one to you, right? So those are things like, uh, you know, wages, your income, bank accounts, assets, social security benefits, uh, etc. right? So um, that's what the IRS says is going to happen um, if you don't respond to them. <coughs> Uh, they, they tell you about the cap appeal as well, um, but frankly, uh, just go the CDP route uh, if you're going to appeal the collection activity. Uh, they're telling you about the passport program, right? If you if you owe um, seriously delinquent tax debt, okay, and, and originally uh, when the law was passed, seriously delinquent tax debt meant at least fifty thousand dollars. That amount has been adjusted for inflation each year. I believe right now it's fifty nine thousand, uh, but back. For this tax year, uh, back when this was issued, uh, it was fifty-two thousand. Okay, so basically, how this works is, if you owe more than that seriously delinquent tax debt amount, the IRS can certify your tax debt to the state department. And once that tax debt is certified to the state department, uh, the state department um, will deny your application to um, renew your passport, unless you fix your problem with the IRS within ninety days. Okay, we, and we've worked these cases uh, for many of many of our clients, um, or you know, to get a new passport as well if you don't um, have a passport. And, and that's what it's saying right here. The State Department uh, generally will not issue or renew a passport to you after you make this notification. Um, if you currently have a valid passport, the State Department may revoke your passport or limit your ability to travel outside the United States. This is rarer, right? The more common issue that comes up is when folks um, go to go to renew their their passport. <clears throat> All right, and then um, 
then of course it gives you the payment options right it, it says you can pay now uh, electronically irs.gov slash payments uh, uh, you can work out a payment plan right they're probably going to ask you to pay a, a boatload of money every month um, they talk about offer and compromise uh, as well it's interesting because they don't tell you everything here right it, it goes from like a payment plan and you know if you call that number and you try to set up a payment plan with the irs they're going to try to get the most out of you every month that they can, right? But, and then they talk about the offering compromise. It was like the completely other end of the spectrum, but there's like, you know, there's all these things in between as well. There's partial, there's hardship-based payment plans, partial payment, CNC status, um, you know, negotiating, even if you don't qualify for one of those hardship-based resolutions, negotiating a payment plan that will pay your debt in full, but that, um, you know, is more workable for you than just what the IRS is gonna offer you if um, you call that number. Right. That's what we do for our clients all day long. Choice Tax Relief. Give us a call 866-8000-TAX. Visit us at choicetaxrelief.com. All right, let's keep um, moving through here. Uh, it tells you you can go to irs.gov slash balance due to look at your account balance and payment history. Um, and then they say what they're going to do uh, if they do not hear from you. Um, they let you know they'll continue uh, to charge... Oh wait, it doesn't. It's not talking about penalties and interest. Okay, penalties and interest is down there, right? Uh, it it basically says that if you don't pay the amount due or make payment arrangements, they might file notes of federal tax lien, publicly establishing our priority with your creditors, and we may levy you, right? So, uh, we've talked about the levy. What's the notice of federal tax lien, right? It may make it difficult to sell or borrow against your property. Why? 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 Um, because just so you understand. Right when the IRS has made the assessment of tax, there exists a lien, some people call it a secret lien, whatever, against all of your property and rights to property, right? Now the IRS can't take, can exercise that right through levy action until it sends you sufficient notice, and even then sometimes it doesn't, right? What the notice of federal tax lien is, is that is a document filed in state and or county records that lets everybody else know that the IRS has a right uh, to your property. Okay, and it'll have uh, the amount, right? A lien amount on the lien itself. And it might not be for everything you owe, right? Some years might be on the lien, other years may not be. Okay, but the IRS is letting everybody know that up to the amount stated on this, this lien, this notice federal tax lien, you owe the IRS money. And so this means that if you go to refinance your home and take money out of your house, right? Whatever proceeds you would get from that, the IRS would first get what you owe them and you can get the rest if there's anything left, right? It can make it difficult to buy a home as well because a lender doesn't generally doesn't want to be in competition with the IRS on the asset that's securing the hundreds of thousands of dollars they're lending you in the mortgage. See, you kind of see how this works, how it knows the federal tax and it can make it difficult, especially uh, with real estate transactions. All right, then it, it goes through the penalties um, that it's assessed you. Uh, in this particular example, notice I think only the fair to pay penalty has been assessed. It's half a percent a month, uh, right, of the amount that uh, of the amount that you owe. It's not on this notice, but if you filed your return late, there could be the fair to file penalty as as well, which is five percent of the amount uh, of the balance shown on the return, right, uh, for every month or part of the month that you uh, you did not file the return. Uh, both these penalties max out at 25% of the balance. And if they run concurrently, which they often do for like the first five months, if you're a non-filer, um, then uh, the failure to file penalty is reduced by the failure to pay penalty. So the maximum penalty after four 
ish plus years uh, for both of these penalties combined is about 47.5 percent of um, of the balance. Um, what else? It'll talk about interest to. Well, it'll talk about how you can remove or reduce penalties. Okay. And they're talking about reasonable cause here. We understand that circumstances such as serious illness or injury, a family member's death, or loss of financial records due to natural disaster may, may make it difficult for you to meet your taxpayer responsibility in a timely manner. So that's um, penalty abatement for reasonable cause. And they're making it sound really easy here, but it's actually really hard because what you have to do for a reasonable cause is not just say, oh, you know, a close family member died you have to like you have to you have to basically argue and link that that the death of that family member to why you weren't able to meet your tax obligations right and they're going to ask questions like well okay you weren't able to meet your tax obligations were you able to meet other obligations were you able to work oh you went on a vacation a few months later yeah, the the family member's death didn't stop you from going on vacation. Why did it stop you from paying your taxes? You know, so it's it's a lot trickier and more difficult to get a penalty abatement for reasonable cause through uh, than I think it's this paragraph is implying. Um, there's also penalty abatement for kind of good behavior, which is look if you've been a pretty good decent taxpayer late at least for the the past few years before the year in question. Um, the IRS may abate your failure to pay penalty and failure to file, failure to file penalty um, for that year. That one's um, often easier to get, and we, we are generally able to get that type of penalty reduction for, I would say, at least 40% um, of our clients. But some clients, you know, they don't, they don't meet that threshold, right? <laughs> they were not good little taxpayers, uh, you know, in, in the past, so the IRS won't, uh, won't really consider that. All right. Um, what else we got here? Then it gives a blurb about um, penalty abatement um, due to erroneous written advice from the IRS. This is a pretty narrow fact pattern, right? All these things have to be met. Probably doesn't apply to most people watching this. Then it talks about the interest. Uh, I made a video very recently about how IRS interest is is calculated, how the how the actual interest rate is determined. Um, it's going to go up to uh, to eight percent here pretty soon. Um, at least as of the recording of this video. But this is just basically explaining, you know, interest, right? They calculate interest. But if you want to know more about how the IRS actually calculates interest, watch my video on IRS interest, link at the top of the screen and in the description below. All right, let's get back to the CP504. This is just kind of standard stuff, right? Some publications on your rights as a taxpayer, where you can get tax forms, how you can, you know, pay online. Um, nothing really too crazy. So why did you get this notice, right? Why did you get the CP504? Well, you got the CP504 because um, you owe money to the IRS and uh, you haven't paid it. <laughs> and the IRS has sent you several notices previously, typically the CP5 uh, or the CP14, CP501, CP503. And now it's getting more serious. You have not dealt with the issue. Now they're sending you the CP504, right? The notice of intent to levy. Um, that's basically why, why they're sending it. I mean, there's other reasons too, you know, maybe the IR, you know, it's not just, oh, you filed a return, you didn't pay. Maybe you did file a return late and you paid the tax, showed on the return, but because you filed late, now there's penalties and interest and now you owe for the penalties and interest. Maybe the IRS filed an SFR for you because you did not file a return and they've made the assessment, right? Because they sent you a 30 day letter, 90 day letter. You did not respond to those. You did not petition a task court. You have not filed a an original return to replace the SFR. Now they've sent you all the collection notices. And now here you are at the five, CP 504 when they want to start taking your stuff uh, based on the SFR assessment. 
Okay, but basically, bottom line, you owe something to the IRS, or at least the IRS believes you owe them, and now they're getting serious, and they, um, they're, they're looking to start taking your stuff. Um, so what should you do if you receive a CP504 notice, right? Well, number one thing is check, check the notice for accuracy. Okay, the IRS makes mistakes. That should be no surprise to anybody. Okay, so review the IRS numbers against your own. Step two, if you find any errors, contact the IRS about them immediately uh, in the number in the notice. Um, number three, seek penalty abatement, right? Like, you know, I said it, was, it, was, it, it can be difficult, but it's at least worth a shot if you have a good story or this was just kind of like a one-time, one year where you kind of went off the rails, but every year before that, you were like a perfect taxpayer, at least for, you know, the past few years before this year. Call them up, ask, hey, can I get some penalty abatement? See what, see what they say. Um, and then finally, right, once you've corrected any errors, once you've gotten any possible penalty abatement you can get, then you, you, you owe an amount, right? And you have to either pay that amount that you're owed or the IRS will start taking your stuff or you can enter into a resolution with the IRS, right? Um, apart from paying what you owe, the resolution the IRS wants you to get in is just paying them in a payment plan and paying them as quickly as possible, right? But there could be other options for you. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the only thing you qualify for is paying the IRS back in full, but over a longer period of time than the IRS wants you to pay them, right? Or maybe um, it's uh, it's an offer in compromise, settling your tax debt for less than you owe. You do have to qualify for these things. Maybe you don't qualify for an offer in compromise because you have significant equity in your assets, but you can't access the equity in those assets like your home. So maybe a partial payment installment agreement is the solution for you. Maybe you, maybe that's the, the fact pattern there, but you cannot afford to pay the IRS anything monthly. Okay, maybe currently non-collectible status. Folks, there are options for you. Don't let the IRS bully you around. I'm not going to go into detail about these options here because I have created a video describing all of them. And you can watch that video by clicking the link at the upper left-hand corner of your screen. I also have all of my tax relief videos uh, that you can access in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. Of course, if you uh, would like to work with professionals uh, with your tax problem, whether you have unfiled tax returns, you owe the IRS a lot of money or your state, give us a call at Choice Tax Relief, 866-8000-TAX, or visit us at choicetaxrelief.com, fill out the form on the website, and uh, we will reach out to you. All right, folks, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye.